0: Oh, good morning. How are you going today on Christmas morning? Very exciting. We're waiting for these uh, kids packs to be handed out, and that's fine. We'll just uh, see how we're going. I can keep an eye from up here. But yeah, my name's Brendan. I'm youth minister here uh, at St. George North, uh, at all of our churches in the St. George North conglomerate all come together, and we have one big youth ministry, and I get to be part of that. Uh, Now, together today we are here gathered together to be reminded, uh, to encourage each other, and remember as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus, the moment that uh, God eternal came to be incarnate and entered the flesh. Uh, It's such a good day to be here. And I think all of our Christmas packs are handed out and people have rummaged through and found the pens and texters they want. So I'm going to pray and then we'll get started. Let's go. Our Father God, we thank you for the gift of the Lord Jesus into this world, born as a man, that through his perfect and sinless life and death, that he might take the place that we deserve to free us from the slavery of sin, bringing all those who trust in him into his glorious and everlasting kingdom. Amen. 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 Well, you know what they say about the dangers of making assumptions, but I'm going to risk it. I'm going to do that anyway. And I'm going to step out on a limb and say that I reckon everyone here uh, is here, in here, on Christmas morning because, in some way, you're a follower or a supporter of Jesus. Now, maybe you were dragged along by a supporter of Jesus at the very least, but I think I can say that we are here as supporters. That's a pretty bored term, isn't it? The term supporter. Uh, It's pretty broadly used. What does it mean to be a supporter of Jesus? Now, I grew up uh, across the bridge in the Sutherland Shire. Uh, We call it the Shire, like it's the only one in existence. Uh, Yeah, that's right. But my dad grew up just down the road in Bexley. And so my brothers and I, uh, we grew up as outsiders in the Shire, supporting the mighty St. George Dragons. Now the St. George Illawarra Dragons. But what does that support look like? Okay, for me, I don't reckon I've ever owned a single St. George jersey, ever. I've been to, I was trying to think, I don't know, it seems like maybe three games at uh, Jubilee Stadium in my entire life. I could be stretching it, but I think three, I think three. Uh, I can name maybe three, probably two players in the current team. But uh, when they're going well, uh, I'm happy to jump on the bandwagon. Just like everybody else, talk about the Mighty Dragons. Do you know that we won 11 premierships in a row? Yeah, that's it. That's about the extent of my support for the St. George Dragons. But then there's my son, Finn. Now, Finn uh, is a fan of the Cronulla Sharks. There's a bit of rivalry in the household. Uh, He plays wheelchair rugby league for the Cronulla Sharks. His bedroom has posters and and pictures and cards, most of them signed. He's got a signed football. Uh, He has at least 10 Cronulla jerseys. Again, some of them signed. Uh, His wheelchair uh, is Cronulla Sharks Colors, and he even has Sharks decals on the side of it. Uh, This morning, probably 75% of his presence was Sharks-related. And he even told his mother, Mum, I don't care if all my presents are just Sharks presents this year. (laughs) So it was a fun morning. He was he was pretty happy about it. But if you compare his support to my support, uh, it begs a question, doesn't it? What does a real supporter look like? In fact, I don't even know if you can really call me a supporter. Probably uh, a- an affiliated watcher at best, something like that. And we're here today on Christmas Day, uh, and. I want to ask you the question, what kind of supporter are you when it comes to Jesus? Are you like my son, Finn, all in, on board, a fanatic, or are you a little bit more like me, that, that affiliated onlooker? Does your life... Let your love of Jesus and the fact that you are a supporter, follower of him, flow out into everything, to the, the decisions that you make, to the things that you say and do, or is it just a little bit, kind of take it or leave it? So today, I want you to keep that in mind as we work through our passage. What kind of follower of Jesus are you? Now take out your handout, uh, on the pas- in, in the handout there is the passage that we had read for us from Luke's Gospel. Uh, We're going to spend some time looking at that and thinking about Jesus. Because in that passage that we read, the picture that's painted of Jesus is one that suggests that following Jesus is far more important than which football team we follow. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So have a look. The first thing I want you to see in this passage is that uh, there's an angel comes to visit a young girl called Mary. And despite what people might think, an angel visiting someone doesn't actually happen all that often in the Bible. It only happens at at key moments, at big times, when something huge is about to happen. Something that God is maybe doing or is about to do. And it's usually to do with God saving his people. But it could also be God judging his people as a consequence for their continued rebellion against him. Uh, And so when people see angels in the Bible, the the sight of them itself is terrifying. They often fall down like they're dead. Uh, Wondering what kind of message is about to come. Is it salvation or judgment? And Mary, in the passage that we have today, she seems to go all right, doesn't she? It doesn't look like she falls down like dead. But she does have a lingering question. Have a look. Verse 29. We see that Mary was deeply troubled by the angel's words and wondered what kind of greeting this could be. I think she understands the situation. Here's this angel standing right there in front of her and she knows that angels mean something big is happening. Could this be salvation or could this be judgment? And so rightly, she's afraid. She's concerned about what's going on. She knows that something big is about to happen. That's the first thing I want us to see from this passage this morning. The birth of Jesus is a big deal. And we're going to see why in the next few verses. So here we've got Mary, this young girl, angel in front of her. She's a bit concerned. And the angel sees this and he addresses her. Have a look. Verse, uh, his verse, uh, his response to her. He tells her that she, this virgin, is going to conceive and give birth to a son she's confused and the angel says don't be afraid and then in verse 34 he says this she says oh sorry she says how can this be since i have not been intimate with a man imagine hearing this uh don't be afraid uh but you're gonna have a child and she's like uh i don't know how that's gonna happen because you know we understand right this is unusual but the angel's response he tells her you know what That's the whole point. The point is, verse 35 that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This child is not going to be conceived in the normal way, because this child is the eternal Son of God coming from the right hand of the Father, to be incarnate as a human being by the Holy Spirit. It's another way of saying this child is God. That's why the angel's here, because this is a big deal. Here is the Son of God eternal, becoming flesh as a human being. And if that's not a big enough deal already, not only is Jesus the Son of God, but we see he's the promised king that would come and rule over God's people and bring them eternal peace. Have a look at verse 27. Uh, The angel, he comes to this virgin, Mary, engaged to a man named Joseph from the house of David. What's the significance of that detail? Is this like one of my, my son Finn's factoids about how tall each Sharks player is and how much they weigh? And yes, he does know, he does know. Now, this is, this is key information. Right? Have a look at verse 32 and verse 33. The angel says, The child will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Okay? So what family group is Joseph from? He's from the kingly line of David. Uh, keep going. He will reign over the house of Jacob. Okay, that's Israel, God's people. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. So what does this passage tell us about who this Jesus that we're celebrating this morning is? Why is he so important? Because he is the Son of God, come into the world, God's promised king over all people, over all creation. And you know, we, we say that at Christmas every year. We've said it, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 times today already in the songs and everything we've done. It's just familiar. And yet, it's a big deal. You see, at Christmas, it's really easy for us to be distracted by that mental picture we have of the cute little baby Jesus in the manger. He's, he's weak, he's fragile. He's just so helpless. And I was thinking this week about the, the way that we use king. He's this King Jesus, weak, fragile, helpless. But in everyday language, you know, we, we put king in front of words to mean uh, big, impressive, huge, best, right? King prawn. King crab, there's your Christmas lunch. Uh, what else have we got? King size. You can apply that to anything, right? King size. It just knocks it up a couple of notches. King parrot, beautiful. It's a big parrot as well. Uh, king tide, right? If you take away the king, what have you got? Just a tide. It's not even that impressive. King Kong, again. Take it away. I, I don't even know what that is, right? It's just, it's nothing. But this baby. Born of the Virgin is God the Son, the promised King. And while he looks innocent and powerless and weak, he's anything but. It's just that his power doesn't lie in being big and huge and impressive. And there's a clue in what the angel tells Mary to call her son. Now we miss it, we miss it in English, but the name that he tells her to give the child is a Hebrew name. And in that language, the meaning is really clear, immediately clear. Verse 31, what does he say? You will call him Jesus. Yeshua, it means God saves. So let's bring all those things together. Who is Jesus? He is God, the Son of God, the King who saves. And while we don't get an explanation of just how he saves here, the rest of the Bible tells us that he saves by dying on the cross in our place to take the punishment that we deserve for rejecting God. We heard it in our song earlier this morning in that candy cane. We put ourselves in God's place, deciding for ourselves what is right and wrong, what is good, what is evil. And without Jesus, we stand under God's judgment. We are excluded from this everlasting kingdom of this eternal king. He's the king who dies to bring us, to bring the very people who reject him into his kingdom. Jesus is king. Is he your king? Are you part of that everlasting kingdom? So what kind of supporter are you when it comes to Jesus? Now, thankfully, God's blessings to us in Jesus don't rest on how good of a supporter we are. Okay, there, there are those who are full of maturity, growing more and more like Jesus by the Spirit every day. And the Bible tells us there are those who escape on that last day, like those escaping the flames. But the Bible talks about a third category, and that's what I want to leave with us today. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Uh, Jesus gives a warning to those there who are following him and claiming to be his supporters. But, but their support is a little bit more like my support of St. George, really. They it, it, could kind of take it or leave it. It's in name only. And he says this to them. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father in heaven. And he goes on and says to those who do not do his will, he says, Away with you and casts them out of his kingdom. See, our status as members of Jesus' kingdom doesn't rest on our actions. But if our actions don't reflect Jesus as our king and don't reflect that we are members of his kingdom, then we have to ask the question, is Jesus really my king? Do I live a life in submission to him, in worship of him? Do I take time to hear his word daily? Do Do I pray that I might... Live by that, that his spirit might apply it to my heart and convict me? Do I make decisions that glorify him? Do my actions show uh, that I am a follower of Jesus? Do they scream, I am a member of his kingdom and I want to be more like him? Prioritizing, meeting like we are today with God's people, encouraging each other, serving one another and building them up so that we might grow more like Jesus or is it kind of just take it or leave it? Because Jesus is the Son of God. He is the King who saves. And you're here today, which is great. But how are you going with King Jesus? Are you a member of his kingdom? What does your kind of support have to say about that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for King Jesus. We thank you for the gift of life that is on offer in him. And Father, we thank you uh, for the the fact that it does not rest on us and our own actions, but we simply need to receive that gift. But Father, today, as we celebrate Jesus' birth this Christmas, uh, we ask that by your Spirit you would convict us of uh, what it looks like for us to be following you. Is Jesus our King, or is it in name only? And Father, we pray you would convict us and challenge us that we might honour him and serve him in the way that he wants us to. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.